0: Nah. Good morning, church. Good morning. Everybody feeling good today? Good weekend? Week been good? You know, last week, Shawna brought a man a powerful word. When she was sharing about, you know, being in the waiting and just being in seasons of difficulty. And the way that we wait patiently, right, was to be trusting with God with things that often are going to be coming ahead, but it was also about taking advantage of the moments that we're in so we don't miss what's most important. And today we're going to be kind of following up some of that with something similar. We're going to be reading in John uh, chapter 21, the last chapter in the book of John, but also the first or the chapter before the chapter that Shauna had read. And at this time, it was still where the disciples were living life with Jesus now being crucified, being resurrected. They kind of seen him here and there, but they're still at a place that's difficult for them. Because like many of us have experienced, right, we've gone through seasons where life is like, it's just a routine, right? We know what to expect. Everything's normal. And then sometimes things change where that normal is no longer there, where things that were once familiar aren't available anymore. And that's where we kind of see themselves. And I think it's a place that many of us experience too, right? We live life a certain way for so long. And when things change, we're like, I don't even know how to handle life anymore. But today we're going to find that as much as we're people of comfort and we're people of habit, uh, man, that God is always still with us and that these places that we find ourselves in, whether we are feeling confused, we're feeling frustrated, even we're feeling defeated, those are feelings that are all real, but they also don't have to remain because God is good. God is faithful. I'm just excited for this word this morning. And so before we go, uh, man, I I just want us to pray because we can never pray enough. Man, we need all of the Lord's help. I need, I need everything that he has uh, to speak to us this morning. So if you'll pray with me. Uh, Father, we just thank you, man, just for the gift of another day. And uh, Father, we don't know what today holds, but we know that you, you hold it in our hands, Lord. And so we just ask that you would be guiding us, you'd be speaking to us. Man, that we would be comforted if we need to be comforted, Lord. That we would be encouraged if we need to be encouraged. That, Man, if there's something we're struggling with, that today will be a day that we overcome it. Whatever we came in here with, Lord, we ask that we would not leave here the same, that it would be you that would work in us, that would work through us, and that you would just have your way. And so, would you just speak to us through your word? Would you speak through us, man, just through your Holy Spirit? Would you just speak to us this morning? Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John chapter 21, I'm going to start off reading verses 1 through 3, and, uh. Of course, we only got one screen today because I don't know what happens to the other one, but it's all right. We don't even need screens, really, to be honest with you. But John chapter 21, it says, Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples besides the Sea of Galilee. And this had happened, and this is how it happened. I like that. (laughs) I like how it was said. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were named there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and the two other disciples. Simon Peter said, hey, I'm I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. And they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Mm. And so, like I said, they were at a time where, right, Jesus has been crucified. They've been living with Jesus for three years. They've experienced his miracles. They've heard his teachings. And now, he's dead. But he's also been risen again. He's also come from the tombs, and he's also came before. in the I want to say the chapter before this, Thomas, one of the disciples, the one that was named Twin, he was struggling and believing that Jesus really was resurrected, that he was alive. And he told the disciples, they were all sharing a meal, they were hanging out, trying to figure out what to do next. And he told them, like, man, I'll believe whenever he shows me the marks in his hand. And as he's telling them this, and they're talking about everything that had been happening for the past couple of days, Jesus did what Jesus does. He showed up. And he told Thomas, man, put your hands right here. Feel it. I want you to see that this is real, like I am real, that I am here. Then the word says that he shared a meal with them. And then Jesus told him something that I think was very powerful. He said, blessed are those who believe because they see, but even more blessed are those who don't have to see and believe. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of us, right? That we're always looking to believe, and sometimes what we're looking at makes it hard to believe. We could feel like the disciples, where we've gone through life where everything has been so normal, so regular, and then we find ourselves in a place that's unrecognizable and we don't know what to do. We're kind of in a place where like, well, now what? You know what I'm saying? I've been doing this life for so long this way and I don't even know where to go from here now. I think that's a place many of us can relate to being accustomed to something that no longer life is the same. It's difficult. The thing is, you have to accept the fact that life is never going to be the same like it once was before. And that's something we struggle with because we always want normal, right? We always want things to be the same. How many of us like change? None of us, right? Nobody likes to change jobs. Nobody likes to change situations. But sometimes things in life happen that you have no choice but to change, that there is no going back to what life was before. And that's where the disciples found themselves. And I think that's a place that a lot of us find ourselves Even right now in this season, where life is never going to be the same like it once was. But that doesn't mean that life can't be good. It doesn't mean that life isn't going to get better. The disciples didn't know what to do. They were trying to process all that had happened. And like many of us, they were in this position then. And they did something that many of us tend to do. And I want you to take this away this morning. When we're all at a loss, what do we do? We look for what's familiar. We say, man, I don't know what to do in this situation, so let me find something that's going to bring some peace, that's going to bring some comfort. Let me find just something that I know, because in this position, this place that I'm at today, like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know where to go from here. And we read that everybody was hanging out, and Simon Peter said, you know what? I'm going fishing. And everybody's like, that's a great idea. Let me go with you. I want to be a part of that. Peter returned to a place that was familiar to him, but he didn't go by himself. And that's something that I often share with us, right? Sometimes we don't realize the impact that we have in people and how we could return to something that was familiar, but we could also bring people with us because they're in the same position. They don't know what else to do too. So we have to be mindful of the things that we're doing because we never know who's going to jump on board and come with us. And Peter went back to something that he was familiar with. They said, hold up, I'll, I'll go with you. I ain't got nothing else going on. Let me be a part of that said, I'll join you. When we're at a loss, we look for what is familiar. We want comfort, we want stability, no matter what that familiar looks like. And that's an important thing to catch and and to pay attention, because what I shared a couple weeks ago, right? I shared that I'm in the season, I'm in a place that is unfamiliar. I'm at a place that I'm at a loss, and that I went and I found something that was familiar, even though it wasn't good. What did I tell you I was doing? Smoking cigarettes, right? I told you, as a teenager, I smoked cigarettes. As a young adult, I smoked cigarettes. But for years, it was never a thing that I, I did because it was never a thing that I needed. It was never even then was something that I sought. But sometimes in life, you go through a place and you go through things that has you set at a loss that the only way that you find something familiar is when you find something that matches the loss that you're going through. And I say this because I've walked with the Lord for a long time, and we all have different walks with the Lord And sometimes you have those painful moments, those painful experiences, but sometimes there are moments that even you're at a loss even with your walk with the Lord. And sometimes you haven't experienced that loss with the Lord before, but you've experienced it without Him. And when you've experienced it without Him, what do you do? You go to what's familiar. For me, I've had a lot of loss in my family. I've had a lot of loss in my life. And cigarettes, as much as it wasn't something that I'm addicted to or that I have a stronghold with, It is something that was familiar when dealing with grief. It is something that's familiar for me when dealing with pain, when not knowing what to do now. And so I had to share with y'all, man. Like, it's something that was familiar, even though my walk with the Lord was strong, I went to something that can match the pain that I was in. So that's something to be mindful of when we're at a loss, because that doesn't have to be the case. We're going to look for something that's familiar, but, but maybe the problem isn't going back to those things, but trying to make a new familiar with ourselves. Of trying to find something new to go to in those moments. For them, they went fishing, and that's not a bad thing. But that's what they were. They were fishermen before Jesus pulled up. Uh, the sons of Zebedee, they were fishermen along with Peter. So when they said, let's go fishing, they said, hey, let's, it sounds good. You know? But we have to be careful of the things that we go to that are familiar. And fishing's not a bad thing. It's something I do to relax. It's something that I enjoy. But we have to remind ourselves that sometimes... Man, we got to be careful of the places that we're going to, because sometimes we return to things that we've already been freed from. And if we're not able to catch it and pay attention to it, we're going to be returning to places that don't bear fruit, they don't benefit our life, and they're not going to help our walks. So even though they went and they did something that was familiar, what did it say they did? It said they fished all night. What did they catch? Nothing. And that's what you have to realize. When you are returning to something that's familiar outside of the Lord— The results of it is going to produce nothing. It's not going to take anything away. It's not going to make anything better. It's actually just going to keep you in a circle, doing the same thing and the same thing. So they went to a place that wasn't fruitful. So we have to be mindful of the moments that we're in, feeling lost and what we're returning to. And if the things that are familiar aren't good for us, then we need to create a new familiar with the Lord. And he's willing to walk with us and do that with us. So that's what we have to acknowledge first. But I'm glad that the story didn't end right there. I want us to continue to read. Let's go to verse 4 and read through 6. At verse 4. It said, at dawn, Jesus was standing at the beach. But the disciples couldn't see who he was. And he called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw your net out on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul the net in because there were so many fish in it. Man, that's powerful. Now, I don't know the specifics of the time frame that were out there, but I do know they were fishing all night, right? And we just read in the word, it says that Jesus showed up at the dawn. So that means they were out there for a long time and nothing was working. But then Jesus steps on the scene and he changed everything. And I think many of us find ourselves in places of darkness, places of all night. Places where we're like, man, I don't see nothing going to happen, and we're waiting for that dawn. We're waiting for Jesus to pull up and show up, right? So we're just looking, we're just like, man, where's Jesus at? Like, I need him to be here. I'm telling you, right? And Jesus shows up, and he changed everything. Shauna shared last week how the disciples were asked, man, why are you still standing and looking at the sky? Like, Jesus already ascended to heaven. Like, what are you doing? And I think... Many of us find ourselves in the places of darkness, places that aren't familiar, and we get stuck standing. We get stuck looking. We get stuck doing things that aren't helping us. And that's something I want us to to sit in for a second and really think about. Because we see in this moment, even though they were in that place, they didn't even recognize that Jesus was there. What did he tell them? He said, why don't you throw your nets that way? And what did they do? They said, all right, why not? They did it. And this is something I want you to receive and take away this morning because it's important. You don't have to have sight to see God move in the present, okay? You don't have to see the day, the dawn come. You don't have to recognize that Jesus is in your situation to see him still move in it. Because what do they do? They listen and they still obey. So you can have obedience in your faith without having the sight to see your situation change. And that's something they did. They didn't realize what they were doing, but that's something that we learned right here. Church, that is so powerful and it's so important. I'm so thankful that despite what my eyes show me, what my brain is telling me, that that doesn't have to be the final say. That I have a God that is living, that is moving, and he could change the situation. So even though people are saying, hey, man, that situation's dead, you need to move on, you need to leave that alone, God has the final say in the situation. So unless he told me that, I don't have to acknowledge it. And that's not to say that we shouldn't have wise counsel. We should have people that speak into our life. But we have to realize that God has the authority, okay? He lives outside of time. He lives outside of everything. So he can do anything. And that's something we struggle with, right? Because our eyes are telling us there's no way that you're going to pay these bills. Look at the hours you work. Look at these. Like, how are you going to do these things? There's no way that this situation is going to work itself out. People are telling you these same things. But unless God says that, man, there's always possibility. That's one of the things that we struggle with when we're in those things that are unfamiliar, when we're at a loss, when we're in that darkness. But that's the beauty of the Lord, is that we don't have to witness it to believe it. Because many of us are looking for that, right? We're looking for that example. We're like, well, I'm looking at my family, and I've never seen my family overcome these addictions. I've never seen a a relationship in my family be reconciled like this. I've never witnessed it for myself. I don't know any examples out here that can help me in my current situation because nobody can relate to it. So what do we think? So this situation is what it is, and there's no way that God can move. But that's not what we see here, that you don't have to have sight to see God move in the present. You don't have to see it. All you have to do is have faith. All you have to do is believe, and I'm so grateful for that. So just because I've never seen it in my family, just because I've never seen it in my lifetime, it doesn't mean that it's not possible for me or for mine. It doesn't mean that it's not possible for you. And that should give us the courage that what we're going through, that Jesus always has the opportunity to do something that we've never seen before. And one of the things about Jesus, he loves to do that. Because at the end of it, what is it going to do? It's going to point back to him. Can't nobody else say that Jesus healed this relationship, that he made a way. It was him. And oftentimes Jesus will do things that point directly to him so nobody else could take credit for it. And that's what we see. So even though you don't have the sight, that doesn't mean that he isn't working. And it made me think about the very first book in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I know a lot of us have read that before, right? you probably read it before. Let's put it on the screen. Let's read it here this morning. It said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless. It says, the earth was empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. But check out that next verse. And the Spirit of God hovering over the surface of the waters. That last one, verse 3 says, Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. This is why I want you to catch this and see the importance. Because from the beginning of time, the beginning of our creation, God has always been moving without us having sight, without the dawn breaking. Because what did he say? Say, God created the heavens and the earth, and everything was what? It was formless. It was empty. It was dark. But that verse said the Spirit of God was hovering in there. And all that took place before the light came, just like the disciples, right? They were there all night. No fishing was happening. They're at a loss. They don't know what to do now. But even before the dawn came, Jesus was already at work. And that's what we have to see for ourselves. That even before we can have the sight to see God working, His Spirit is already moving. He's moving in the darkness. He's moving in the emptiness. He's moving in the things that don't have any shape, that don't have any structure, that are formless. Man, he's still present. He's still working. And then it's after that that we see the light. So before we enter light in our situation, he's already working in the present, in the middle of all these things. That's important, church. Because what is faith? Let's look at it in Hebrews. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance, the title, the deed, the confirmation of all things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not unseen. It's the conviction of the reality and faith comprehends as a fact that cannot be expressed by the physical senses. So this means you can't touch it. You can't see it. So that's what they had. They had faith enough to say, you know what? I'm going to throw my net on this other side, even though I don't see Jesus presently, even though we ain't been catching nothing. Why not? What else do I have to lose but to trust the Lord and do this? And that's what we have to see, church. Just because I don't see a situation and I don't know a way out of it. I don't know how I'm going to overcome it. I can't see it for myself. I don't have no examples. It doesn't mean that God's not moving. What you need is faith. That's all you need. That's all you got to have is belief that God can do the impossible and he can. Because he's done it time and time again. And if you really look at your life, he's already done it before man that's just a powerful thing that's what's required of us is just faith and we could go from catching nothing all night to having so much that we ain't even got enough to put in our net. that it's too much to even haul for ourselves if we just walk in obedience in our faith doesn't mean you have to have the sight for it let's continue in John 21 let's go to verse 7 because I want you to see what happens next it says, then the disciples, Jesus' loved, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put it on his tunic, for he had stripped it off of work. He jumped in the water and he handed it to the shore. The others stayed in the boat and they pulled the, Lord, the load to the net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards for the shore. And when they got there, they found that breakfast was waiting for them, fish cooking on a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring me some of your fish you caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went abroad and dragged the net to the shore and there was a hundred and fifty-three large fish yet the net hadn't torn now come and have some breakfast jesus said and none of the disciples dared to ask him who are you they all knew it was the lord then jesus served them bread and he served them fish so what did we just say man jesus is already working he's already doing things even before we see before it's even revealed to us before the dawn breaks before we have the light before we recognize him he already got a meal prepared he already got away on the other side. And there's a whole lot that I could really dig into this, but I'm just so glad. Just, man, for even before our faith catches up with our sight, man, he's already at work. That's such a beautiful thing. But the other thing that I like is that Jesus is already cooking. He's already got things fixed, but we would tell him? Man, let me get some of that fish. He didn't even need the fish, right? Because he already had the meal prepared. And that's the beauty of God. That even though he doesn't really need us, he chooses to do life with us. And all he says is, all I'm asking is that you choose to do it with me. They could have got the fish and be like, all right, peace out, Jesus. Thank you for that. We good now. No, they sat down. They had a meal. They said, man, what do you need? Like, we got it. It's right here. There's so much we could really dive into that. But I don't want us to miss the next part of the story. So I just want you to see that that God chooses you, okay? He don't have to, but he does. Jesus chose you to give his life as a sacrifice for you. He didn't have to, but he did. Because that's how much he cares for you. That's how much he loves each one of us. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of his love for his creation. But I want us to continue. and I want us to go to verse 15 and 17. Because I want us to read this conversation that Peter has with Jesus. It says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter. Simon, son of John... Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs. And Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, Peter, John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything you know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Three times Jesus asked Peter if you loved him. Now this is the same Peter that before all this happened, before Jesus was crucified, if you know about him, you know about his story, he says, Jesus, I'm a ride or die. And they're gonna have to kill you to kill me. Like I'm with you in all this. Anything's gonna happen. You get arrested, I'm getting arrested. You getting jumped, I'm right there fighting with you. But then when it came time, if you know the story, you know that Peter denied Jesus three times. He said, no, nah, I don't know that, man. No, nah, I wasn't with him. Now nah, I don't know who that is. And Jesus told him that, like, I know you love me. I know you telling me you love me, but you're going to deny me. You, in fact, you're going to fail me. And you're not going to do it once. You're going to do it three times. And then you're going to hear a rooster call, and then you're going to be reminded of this. And he wasn't telling them that to discourage them. He was telling him that because he, he needed to break them of some things that he didn't realize he needed to be broken of. When you read the, the original text and you read it in Greek, it's recorded that when Peter was saying that he loved Jesus in that moment, he was using a word called agapo. And it's a self-sacrificing love. It's a love that spares no expense. It's saying, look, I'm willing to lay down my life for you, Jesus. But this time around, when Jesus asks him again, after all these things have transpired, he starts to use a different type of love when he explains that he loves him. It's called phileo, which is like the love of a friend. And this is important I want us to grasp because we don't realize sometimes how many of us be like, Lord, I'm down with you. I don't care what you say to do. I'm in it. I'm never going to fail you. I'm going. And then we do something that goes against it. And what do we do? We feel shame. We feel guilt. We say, then the Lord ain't never going to use me again. Like, he ain't going to want nothing to do with me. I just told him I wasn't going to do this again. And here I am doing it again. But Peter needed that experience. He needed that because he didn't realize how prideful and aggressive he was he said man I love you more than all these fools I'm down to die with you but then come back around he said you know what I do love you I'm do whatever I can but I realized how I was before and it was in that moment that Jesus said cool now that you understand this now I want you to feed my sheep now I want you to feed my lambs now I want you to care for my sheep you see a lot of us go through things we make mistakes and what do we do we say that's it like I've messed this up and there's no way I can move forward from my situation when in fact that situation is the very thing that we needed so we could feel the promise and the calling of God and this is what I want you to take away this morning I want you to receive this your mistakes never replace your calling or your identity because that's what we think right we think well I've done messed it up so like I know the plans God had for me he's not gonna be able to fulfill them there's no way that I'm that person that he says am, but you are From the moment you put your faith into Jesus, that's the moment that every sin that you ever committed, that you will commit, that you're currently committing has been forgiven. So even though you see him, it's because God is trying to transform you, but he's not holding it against you anymore. And that was the thing for Peter. He said he didn't realize that the moments that he denied Jesus were actually moments that he was going to need to fulfill his mission. It was things that he was going to need to mature him to the place that he was at now. He was going to mature him in ways that he needed. So you might have done something that is painful, that currently your whole life has changed. It's not the same like it used to be, and it's never going to be the same. But don't view it as a bad moment with the Lord. View it as something that the Lord is going to use to bless you, that the Lord is going to use to change you, that the Lord is going to use to strip off things that you didn't even realize were attached to you. So you can grow in your true identity, so you can grow when you're calling. So yes, you might feel broken, Yes, you may feel like there's no hope in the situation, but we just see, man. You don't have to have sight to see God move. You can mess things up repeatedly and God is still going to choose you. He's still going to want to do life with you. He still loves you. And that's the beauty of our Lord, man, that he's willing to do that for us. We're a bunch of broken people like us. The key is to keep walking with Jesus and not to allow the enemy to lead us that way, to lead us in a way that we're already vulnerable and in a bad state. And it's something that I learned the other day about lobsters. Anybody like a lobster in here? My lobster people there? That's what I'm talking about. Did you know that they strip off their shell though? They don't have just one shell for their whole life. In fact, when the lobster is getting ready to change shells, you know what it does? It moves away from the pack. It isolates itself. It goes by itself and it digs and it gets on the rocks and it hides itself and it stays in a season of isolation. It stays in a season apart from what it's known. It stays in a place that's unfamiliar And like many of us, we don't view that as a good thing. We think, man, there's no way that God is going to use this moment, this feeling for something better. Because it's in that moment that the old shell gets stripped off in preparation for the new shell. So that means all the protection that you once had in the season before is now gone. And not only are you in a place that you're vulnerable, now you're in a place that you don't even have the same crew that you were just with. How many of us are in places like that that are unfamiliar, that we're at a loss, and we think, man surely this is not going to end well but the thing about the lobster is the shell does come back and it comes back better than it does before and when he leaves there he's stronger and he's transformed better than he was when he began and a lot of us are that lobster we're in a season that's at a loss we're in a place that's unfamiliar we're in a place that God is saying hey I know you love everybody but sometimes you need to have a seat I know you want to go and do this but I'm telling you you need to go focus on that we're like, man, really, Lord? Like, I don't see how it's going to benefit me. Like, you see how vulnerable I am? You see how broken I am? And he's like, no, I know what you are. But I need you to understand who you are in me. And that's the beauty of the Lord. So this is my challenge for all of us that are feeling at a loss, that are in places that are unfamiliar, is we got to keep walking, church. We got to keep walking. That even if you got to crawl, man, keep going. A lot of times we run so much, we forget that we had to walk before we could do that. We forget that we had to crawl before we could do that. We had to just scoot move our bodies before we could do any of those things, right? As a child, it's easy to see a baby and an infant and you see them make that transgression and that progress. But over time, as you do it so much, you forget that where you forgot, where you started at. We got to just keep walking, church, whatever that looks like for you. And so if you're at a place that's unfamiliar, you're at a place that's a loss, and you're running to things that were once familiar, but you know they're not benefiting you, you know what you got to do? You got to create something new. You got to create a new familiar for yourself that are going to benefit you, that's going to honor God, that's going to bless you. And then we got to be like the disciples did, right? And we got to obey in faith and not in sight. As much as we're looking for Jesus in our situation, we're looking for the light and the darkness and the emptiness and the things that aren't formed. All we got to do is say, "Okay, Lord, I trust you because you can do the impossible. I don't have to seen it before because I know I might be the example that somebody else needs to see. All I have to do is walk with you in faith and be obedient to the small things that you're asking me because you're going to do things that are larger than me. And then we got to do something that a lot of us struggle with as well, and it's be who God says you are. Not what somebody else calls you, not what you think of yourself, but be who he says you are. Because, you know, he says that you're his masterpiece. He knows that you said that you were complex and wonderfully made, that you have a plan, you have a purpose, that you reflect his perfection. How many of us feel like perfect people? How many of us look in the mirror and we think we got it all together? How many of us see ourselves the way that Jesus sees us? None of us do, Right. Even when he gives us things that are good things, there are things that are, are beyond what we could even imagine for ourselves. We feel like what? We don't deserve them, right? Lord, there's no way that you could be giving me this. You know who I am. You know the things that I've done. You know what I'm currently doing. And he says, I know exactly who you are. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're an inheritance to the royalty that I am. And all I'm asking is that you believe what I say of you. That you walk in the authority and the identity that I give you. That you obey even when you can't see. That you just have faith in the belief that I could do anything. That you create something new in the things that you're searching for that are familiar. That's how we keep walking, church. That's how we come from this place and, man, get lost into something way more than we could have asked. Because that's what happened. Peter became that person that built the church. He was that rock of the church. And this next season of life for them, man, they went out and they shared the gospel. And they changed the world. People are still sharing their stories today, just like we are. But it went through some hard times, some places that were at a loss, that were unfamiliar to get to that point. It took some lobster moments for them to be changed and transformed to what God needed them to be. So that's an encouragement for us in this season that we're at. Right now, we're going to go into a time of worship. And before that, I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to do something else today, too. I'm going to have some trays with the Lord's Supper up here. Because I know sometimes we feel like we can't get right with the Lord. And the Lord is like, man, I've already made you right. I've already done it. But for your own benefit, this is a simple way to be remembrance of me, to feel like you've cleansed yourself, to feel like you're in right standing with me. Because you already are. All I ask you to do is put your faith in my son and to do this life with me. And if you're willing to do that, then I got you. But I'm going to have some guys. Can I get some guys to get the trays back there? And we're going to leave them up here. And as these songs are playing they're ministering to your heart, man, feel free to come and get one and take the Lord's Supper whenever you're ready. But the Word of God tells us to do this in remembrance of Jesus, of sacrificing his life, of shedding his blood and his body for our sins, for the things that we've done. Because it's through faith in grace that we're saved. It was by grace that Jesus gave his life and it's in our belief, in our faith, that we are forgiven. That when Jesus sees us, that when we go to heaven, you know what he sees? He sees his son. All those things that we came in with, he said, man, don't even bring it with you because you've already been forgiven. Let me pray and we'll go to a time of worship. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that even when we're in seasons that are unfamiliar, that we're at a loss they don't have to be places that we stay. In fact, they could be the, the soil and the places that you're going to transform us to something so much better, that you're going to take us to a season that we couldn't even envision for ourselves. So Father, I just thank you that we don't have to have sight. We don't have to see the dawn break. We don't have to even see or feel that you're present to know that you're already working and moving, that you've already set up a meal for us That you already got a blessing so big that we can't even handle it for ourselves. That we're going to need other people to help us with the net. That the tools and the resources that you give us is is just exactly what it needs and that there's nothing that could break that bond. But Father, we struggle with this, Father. We struggle with the things that you have given us because we feel unworthy of it. We feel like we don't deserve it. Sometimes we don't see us the way that you see us. And so I just pray today that you would strip us of those things in the name of Jesus. That we would be able to see ourselves as the sons and daughters of you. That we would walk in the full authority of you. That we would know the goodness of you in anything that we struggle with. That we would lay it at your feet this morning. That as we take the Lord's Supper in, in honor and recognition of what you've done for us, Lord. Man, that we would really receive it this morning. We wouldn't walk out of here uh, with the things that we came in with. But we would walk out here equipped built up. We'll walk out of here sharper, smarter, just enjoying life more and keep walking. So help us be obedient with our faith. Help us be who you say we are. Help us create new familiars so we're not running to things that are not of you. Would you just continue to lead us this morning and have your way with us? Father, we give us, we give you our hearts. We give you everything that we have and lay it at your feet. Just be with us and move. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, man, whenever you feel ready, feel called to, come and get one. Man, say a prayer, have a moment with the Lord, and then take the Lord's Supper. Um, But let's go to work, God, and let's worship this morning. Prayer team members will be in the back of the room, too. My bad. I forgot to say that. (laughs)